God's awesome, isn't he? So good to us. If you're a part of the youth group, uh, if you want to be part of the youth group, and if you're not yet part of that, they're taking you downstairs right now. Sixth through twelfth grade. Go back there with Pastor Jaron and his lovely bride and the rest of them. Thank you. All right. Just spend at least five minutes a day, five days last week, reading or listening to God's word. All right, just so maybe you're new here, I want to prompt you to be able to respond to that when I ask that question. These are accountability questions we ask every week. Just spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda of your own. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? The reason we're falling off there a little bit in our responses is because if we're not doing the first two, we'll never know the third one. So we need to spend time in God's Word. We need to spend time alone with him as he has the opportunity to speak to us and move in our lives, and he wants to say something to us, but it requires our listening. And so as we move into this, the next question is, are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? All three, not one of those. All three. Are you doing that? Share Jesus with someone this week? Invite someone to church with you today? All right. There's cards up here. God's calling us. Our number one thing is our relationship with him and then sharing that with others. You all know that, right? So like sharing Jesus with other people is not an option. It's not for those that have the gift of evangelism. You have the gift of evangelism because God has evangelized your soul and therefore you're telling your story to people that don't know him yet. All right, just so we're all on the same page. We're gonna move us along in what God's saying to us. God is amazing. As we were singing our songs today in worship, um, I just had the Spirit of God just like, oh man, it was so great as we were singing the songs and just celebrating God and just being in His presence with His people, and it reflected upon the Scriptures, and I looked it up between services because in the last service I couldn't remember if it was Revelation 7-9 or it was 9-7. I had a dyslexic memory thought, and so when I looked it up, it was actually 7-9. I hope that's right. Uh, it's in there, I'm just telling you right now, and what it says there in that chapter is this, that John the Revelator, when he was given this revelation from Jesus Christ, and he had this vision that God allowed him to write to us, man, it's so awesome, I'm so blessed as I think about this, that as John looked out upon that vast sea of faces of all humanity, and what it says there in that verse is, from every tribe and nation of people, John saw them before the throne of God. And they were praising God. And as I read that, I remember the first time that that thought hit me was my face was in that crowd. Literally, John saw me. Because that is our future history. You and I that are the redeemed of God, and we were standing there before the throne, God gave John a glimpse of that moment in future of when we were all standing there redeemed blood-bought people of God celebrating who he is and our Savior. And when I thought about that, I'm like, John doesn't know Dave, but John saw Dave. He didn't say, hey, I saw Dave. I guarantee you, he didn't care. But I care because I know that God saw me in that vast humanity, and he gave John a glimpse of me. And therefore, I know I'm in the Bible, and it just blesses my heart. Church, if you are a blood-bought, redeemed child of God, John saw you there. And we should celebrate the fact that God cared enough about us to not only redeem us, but give us a place in the future with him forever. And that John saw us. Man, it just blesses my heart. I'm super excited about that. Even if you aren't, I want you to know I was there. And I guarantee I wasn't being quiet. No, no way, man. 
Yeah, I was yelling my brains out, I guarantee you. Because God's amazing and he just blesses us. First, we're going to be quiet before him, no doubt about that. Everybody that sees God, an angel or anything like that, they're like, oh, can't say a word, right? Because it's like, ooh, he's holy God. But afterwards, when God looses the tongue, you can't help but praise him. And that's what we're going to do. So I can't wait for that. But church, here's the thing. As I was preparing and praying about today's service and what this is all about, God's very personal. You know that, right? He is personal with each and every one of us. And as you look, the population of our world is around 7, 8 billion, whatever they want to say it is. I don't know the exact number, but God does. And I look at that vast humanity around the globe, and then I was like, Lord, you know, it's crazy that not only do you care about me in the midst of all that, that craziness that's going on, but like in our congregation right here, church, think about this. Between the two services that we have, our Village of Oak Creek campus, the Gospel Rescue Mission, the online presence, we're going to have like six to 700 people as part of the service, okay? But like, just think about this. If there's seven to eight billion, and we're only that, we're minuscule. Like seriously, we're like a little, like a little pin drop in the midst of everything. And yet, and yet, creator of the universe, man, says, I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to be right there. And not only am I going to be with you, I am going to choose to speak to you about your life and my relationship with you. So church, I want you to know that God has taken the time to speak to me and to you and to be with us. We should take advantage of it. We should listen. We should hear him. We should embrace what he's trying to say to us. Let's take advantage of this moment that God has given to us, okay? Church, will you listen to what God wants to say to you right now? I'm going to ask that again and give you another opportunity because you're going to hear it anyway. (laughs) Will you take advantage and listen to what God wants to say to you right now? You can ignore him. You can. It's pretty easy, actually. You just go somewhere else. But if you choose, you can be with the creator of the universe and he can speak to you. And he will speak through me. Isn't that crazy? That God would even, like, yeah, he's amazing. Last week I shared to you, with you, that when I was first called into ministry, I was an introvert. I, um, (laughs) this is the last thing I would ever see myself doing, is standing in front of anybody. I was uncomfortable on a one-on-one conversation, let alone in front of people. And I had a lot of legitimate excuses to me, and I mean that. Like, I'm not just saying, like, I didn't have an excuse. I legitimately had reasons why I couldn't do what God was asking me to do. And, um, you know, the, the reasons that I gave were valid and true. I want you to know that. Absolutely true. But God answered that like he always does with Scripture. And in that, last Sunday, I shared with you the verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where God says this to us. God says, I choose the weak and the ignorant so that no flesh can glory in itself, but all glory goes to God. And so when I stood there before him with my excuses and reasons why I couldn't do what I am actually doing in this very moment, and God was like, yes, I agree with you. You have no abilities. You don't have what it takes. That's exactly why I'm asking. 
so that when you step in there and something godlike happens, everybody's going to be like, wow, there's a God. That was not that guy. And this is exactly what God does. And so I'm looking at that. It's like, man, God, you're so amazing that what you did in that moment of my life was this, church. You already know this from me. You're going to hear it from me till the day I die. It was one of the scenario moments of my life where I had to surrender, trust, and obey. Surrender to what God was saying. Trust him in what he had planned and just simply step in obedience. So, whatever God is talking to any one of us about, we all have excuses of why we can't. We all do. Church, we all have our excuses. We have our reasons, and they're legitimate. They actually are legitimate. It's not just an excuse. So, here's what we say to God. You know, we've tried before and failed. (laughs) We don't have the time for that. You know that. But I will when. And we always have it on the future agenda, but it never seems to make its way into our calendar. God, I'm going to do that as soon as I fix this in my life. Church, you know how many people use this excuse? I'm not good enough. I already know what's wrong with me. Once I get this fixed, God, I'm all yours. What God's asking for us to do is step in faith into the place that God's called us to step into and let God be God. You're never going to measure up. You're not going to fix it for God. You're never going to have enough time. You're not going to have the talents or the abilities. What you do have is an amazing God who says, I can use you. I want to do something. Are you willing to allow me to step into your life and do a God thing? So church, as we're listening to what God has to say to us today, our stepping out in faith equals God showing up to do God's stuff. If anything happens, it's because of God. He's watching your life. He knows you. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. And here's this guy over here, Dave, listening and saying, what do you want me to say, God? What do you want to do? And God's like this. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want. And go up there and just say it. And God's like, here you go. And every single one of us that have all kinds of different scenarios going on in our life, all kinds of different stuff, everything that we're dealing with, and God says, this is for you, this is for you, this is for you, and he meets us. Church, if he's not meeting you, you're not listening. Because God's faithful. God's good, and God is present, and therefore, when we show up for God, God shows up for us, and therefore, if you want to hear from God, God's speaking, you may be like this, stop it, let God speak, let God call, let God do, let God be God, get out of his way, let God do something amazing in you and through you, amen, yeah, God's good, isn't he? So in spite of my inabilities and lack of uh, tools, God did stuff like he promised in the Bible. Well, what do you know? (laughs) Here I am today, church, so many years later, doesn't matter how many. I'm just saying, like, I was a boy when all that happened. And here I am, a whole life, (laughs) a whole lifetime to this point, doing the exact thing I never could do. And there's God. 
And God has seen fit to transform lives simply by me stepping into this arena and saying, here I am. Now look, I'm not saying that for me. It's not me. I want you to hear this. See, when God touches your heart, it has nothing to do with Dave. doesn't matter if I'm your pastor or not. In the Old Testament, you know, God spoke through a donkey. So it's not the vessel that is doing anything. It's God getting his message through to the one that has ears to hear, and God will get that message through. So we're listening, God. So even if you don't like me or you think I'm a donkey or whatever you want to call me, it doesn't matter. Church, I want you to know God is speaking right now through his word. And he's speaking to you because he loves you that much. He's incredible. So God did it. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that that didn't mean that I was all excited about it. And the first time I spoke, I was like fluent and like, woo, this is amazing. And this is what I was made for. Not at all. I can tell you right now, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was sick. I couldn't eat beforehand because I was nauseous. My hands were all sweaty. If you touched me, you'd have been like all grossed out. It'd be like, you know, and then my mouth is dry and I can't talk. And then when I would start, there's God. And it was like all of a sudden it would just flow. So here I am today. I'm really, really comfortable with you guys here. I want you to know that very. You're my family. Comfortable in this place. But if you pick me up and you put me in a different scene or scenario, and I'm standing there, and it's not like this church, all those like feelings try to come back in me. They do, still today. Isn't that crazy? It's like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not you know, comfortable in that environment. And now I'm like, ugh. So God just does that every once in a while with me to just say, hey, hey, hey you remember? You don't have this. <laughs> just trying to make sure you get a little sweaty every once in a while make you a little bit uncomfortable because he's like you need me you don't got this and I don't I want you to know this from the honesty of my heart that as I'm praying I want you to know I believe every single week that I come here that I'm speaking what God wants me to say but prior to my stepping up here and doing it, I'm reading my own notes and I'm like, wow, God, you got to do something because I'm looking at what I've just put down <laughs> and I'm like, I wouldn't show up for this. <laughs> I mean, seriously, but then God, right? That's exactly what he wanted. He just like, just get out of my way. Let me do this. Church, stay with me for a minute because this isn't about Dave. Just listen to what God wants to say. So as we were traveling this journey together, Kim and I were walking in this we're, we're, we had two of our three sons. We had two of them born. We're, we're going along. I'm pastoring this little tiny church that I didn't want to pastor. It's the one I grew up in. And God asked me to pastor that church. And um, I was the pastor of my son, uh, preschool and Sunday school teacher. She, I was her pastor. That's what God was asking me to do. I'm like, God, I know all th these people know me. I grew up here. I have no business being their pastor, Lord. You know, that was one of my legitimate excuses. And I prayed and fasted about going somewhere else. And God was like, you're there. This is where I want you. He affirmed that. So we stepped into that pastoral role and served there for six years. So here I am in this very uncomfortable place, speaking to people that all knew me since I was born. A little handful of people, and God did that just so that I wouldn't damage too many people in the body of Christ. <laughs> he was letting me grow up, and they were just like, yeah, yeah, God bless him, help him, Jesus, you know, and all that good stuff that we do for people like that. So 
in spite of my inabilities and all that, God was still working in people's lives. It was amazing. And so the church began to grow and different things were happening and people were getting saved. All this was happening, right? So then um, at that time, so if you don't understand the language here, I was bivocational. So what I mean by that was I pastored the church and I worked a secular job full time. The church wasn't able to sustain our family or pay for us to be able to be full time in ministry because it was just a handful of people. And so I had a job and God blessed me with that job and it was a really good job. I was the foreman of the shipping department of a major number one um, ink manufacturing company in the world in that day. And I was their shipping manager, like assistant foreman there. I was overseeing that stuff. I made good money. I did. And so like we, Kim and I had our two kids, um, had to pay X amount of money to have those kids born even with insurance, but we had insurance. So we had all this security. And everything was good except that I was dying because I was working a full-time job. At that time, I finally was able to start attending school two nights a week. I've told you guys this a little bit. Just, I'm not staying on there. Just stay with me. And then, you know, pastoring the church, doing three services a week. And I was writing my messages the, way, the only way I knew how. Hey, God, what do you want me to say? Look in the Word and just scribble some notes and go get it. Still do it that way. Probably know that. I am, um, in the middle of all that, I'm dying. I'm like sleeping five hours, I'm dying, I'm trying to do everything, and God brought me to those two moments of breakdowns I've talked to before, like I'm done, Lord, I can't, you know, and he's like, okay, now we can do something, get out of my way. So God had asked me to surrender, I did, now it's like another surrender, he begins to prompt me about leaving my secular work and stepping into the church full time. So for those of you who don't know, this is my full-time, because a lot of people say, well, what do you, what's your real job when they talk to me? <laughs> and I tell them, well, this is my real job. I'm actually your pastor full-time. Uh, this is what I do. And uh, so they're like, oh, so you only work one day a week. So they're talking to me on either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I tell them, yes, and you're messing up my six-day weekend. So anyway, let's leave that aside for a moment and just say this to you. Like, here's what's going on. God's like, are you ready to let that go? And I'm thinking inside of myself, like, uh, the church can't afford us. They can't support us. There's no insurance. Um, you know, I mean, remember when I was giving them all the reasons why I couldn't be a pastor? Well, now I'm giving them, like, a lot of other reasons why I can't step into this arena. And they're legitimate. Like, the, the church couldn't afford us. There was no insurance. We did have two little kids and planned to have others. And so as I looked at these things and I was praying, all the things that were going on, four years into this ministry that I didn't want to do in the first place and now God's having me do, now he's saying, leave all of your securities that you perceive as securities, right? You know what I mean? And step in. Okay, so, of course, I talked to Kim. We're praying together. We're asking the Lord about what we're going to do. And the question inside is, how will this work? It's a tiny church, Lord. They don't have much money. Um, there's no way they can afford insurance. I mean, like, Lord, what, what is it you want from me? What do you want me to do here? And you know what he always does when you spend time in his word? He speaks to you through his word. So I want to read some scriptures to you, and there's a reason we're doing this, church, and this is, 
about you, not about me, and it's about me and not about you. <laughs> you ready? That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. This is Jesus talking. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food in your body, more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? A little conviction there, eh? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? I'm going to throw in, what will we drive? How will we take care of all of our medical problems? I got two little kids, right? Okay, keep going. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble's enough for today. Well, you know, here's God, like Dave. Wake up. Look what I said to you. You ready to surrender? Here's what I heard from God. I've got you. Do you trust me? Amen. Yes, but <laughs> stop stressing about Kim and the boys. I have them. You know what God was showing me? Like, he gifted me with the opportunity to serve in this capacity as Kim's husband and their father. But he doesn't need me. That was a gift he gave me. <laughs> They're his. And he's like, do you think I don't care about them? Do you think I won't provide for them? Do you think that's on you? It's like, God, I trust you with my eternal soul. I do hear what I'm saying to you right now, church. I trust you with my eternal soul, and I'll take care of all of this for you. <laughs> I've got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so here's what God says right here in his word. He's like, hey, let's deal with today's issues. Tomorrow's issues we will handle together. But let's just deal with here and now. Because you see, like, one of my biggest things was we want to have more kids. We've got two at this point in our lives, and I want to have a third one. And I'm like, dude, if I have a child without insurance, we already won't have any money. We're going to be up the creek. So just, just a side note, I just want you to know we did do that. We had our third child, and I paid less for that third child without insurance than I paid for the two with insurance. That's God's honest truth. That's amazing. In church, I'm like, I don't, that doesn't make sense, but that's what God does. See, I didn't know any of that beforehand. God was just like, do you trust me? Yes, Lord, I trust you. There you go. Then let me handle it. Okay. So here's the deal. How's that all going to work out? Like in the moment. Like, so I'm taking you on a journey way back in my life 
with Kim and I here with God, like in the middle of this, never a thought of Tucson, Arizona, never a thought of any of that. Here I am in this moment with this little cluster of people and God saying, will you? And I'm like, all right, so see what God was saying to me is like, Dave, trust me for this moment. I've got tomorrow. Like, let's not even think about tomorrow in this moment. Right now, what I want you to think about is what I am saying to you right now. And my brain's like, I hear you, and tomorrow's coming. (laughs) And I'm talking to you about this moment, but I also want to remind you that this and this is coming this week and next year and next month. So what is God saying to me? How's that all going to work out? Here was my patent answer. I want you to hear it, and I want you to own this. I don't know, but I trust God. (laughs) How's that going to work? I don't know, but I trust God. Yeah. Seriously, church, think about it. Like, I don't know, but I trust God. Because you and I don't really know. In this day of uncertainty, we don't nothing. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here economically in 2024. I don't know what's going to happen politically in 2024. I don't know about the coming wars and rumors of wars. And the end. I don't know, but I trust God. I know right now he's God and he's speaking and he's got me and he's got you. And he's leading us on this incredible journey. And he cares enough that he meets with us and that he would even care about how I feel in this moment. Oh my goodness, man, how in the world could we ever not just surrender, trust, and obey in the very moment he asks? Well, I'll tell you why, because we're like, Lord, I'm thinking about tomorrow. Church, here's the deal. It doesn't make sense, but God has always proven himself and his word true. I can tell you right now, like I won't. So don't get nervous. I'm gonna, we're going to be out of here. But I, mean, I could just sit here and go on and on and on about how things in Kim and I's life didn't make sense but God. <laughs> but God. That doesn't make sense. I can tell you right now that what's happening in our lives right now, Kim and I's life I'm talking about, doesn't make sense but God. <laughs> He's amazing. And he's real, and he and his word are true, and we can trust him. Church, listen to this. When we embrace the promises of God, we experience the presence and power of God. We can't any other way. When we embrace the promises of God, we experience the presence and the power of God. We will not experience the presence and power of God until we embrace the promises of God. Do you understand that, church? See, what he's saying is, will you trust me? And therefore, I have to step by faith into what God is saying. And when I'm there, God can do God's stuff. He's not going to do God's stuff on your terms or mine. He's it's in his word, his truth. That's where the power and the presence lives in the word and the promises of God. And so God has given us these promises so that you and I can embrace his promises and experience his presence and power in our own lives. Man, he's amazing. We're not going to experience this until we do, friends, because it does take full faith in him and surrender of self in that very moment. So let's take a step back for a moment. 
And uh, I know that some of you are thinking in your mind, well, like, nice story, Pastor Dave, but I'm not a pastor and God's not calling me. And uh, God bless you. You know, that's great. But see, the point of the messages and what God wants to say to us today is wherever you are, I know this for a fact, 100%, own it, church. God is asking something of you that you need to fully embrace that requires him to be all God and you to fully surrender. Right now, whatever it is. So let's look at a section of scripture that applies to every one of us. If you're a child of God, God wants to say this to you. You ready? Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. That covers you. That covers me, right? Church, this is God speaking right here. Listen to his word. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you've done for God has no favorites. Man, a lot of people used to say, well, yeah, you're, you're a favorite because you're a pastor. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> God has no favorites, church. Listen to what he's telling us, see? All right, so now, if you're working, church, and you're working for God like you're supposed to be as a Christian, right? Are you working at your job as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people? All right, are you a complainer? Are you complaining about your job? Shut up. You're working for God. So really, do you really want to get up and say like, hey God, you're a terrible boss. I hate what you've asked me to do. I don't know why you're doing this to me. I don't want to be here. Put me anywhere else. Maybe, just a thought, you may stay there for a while until you understand you're working for him and not for the people around you or for yourself. You're working for God. Okay? Maybe you need an attitude adjustment. You know, like if you're working for God, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, how can you have a bad attitude if you're doing it for God? You know? Like, well, God, you know, this sucks. Yeah, I hate it. I hate the people I'm with. I'm like this. I don't like what we have to do. Going into work on Monday, it's like, man, I hate Mondays. I hate that I do this. I hate this. I don't like this. The coffee sucks. I don't know why you're even here. You shouldn't be here. I got to do your job. Like, why are we doing this? Why would we step into the arena that God has placed us and gripe about it, have a bad attitude, and not represent Him? Just a thought. Do you undermine your boss? Do you talk bad about them? If you do, you do know you're talking about God, right? I mean, if we really believe what God says, he says, whatever you do, do it for the Lord, therefore, not for the people around you. So if you're talking about your boss and you think your boss sucks, you're saying that to God. Is that crazy? Maybe you should stop saying those things. Maybe we should understand that God has us in a place that he wants to be glorified in, regardless of what I think of it. And that he wants us to serve him in this place. Are you the boss? Are you the problem? 
Are you like being like God would want you to be if you oversee people? Think about it. Like, why are you acting like you are acting if you're the boss? That means God has allowed you to have people that you can provide for and give resources and life to. Then why would you ever have a bad attitude and treat them wrongly? We're doing it for the Lord. See, God is calling us to represent him in everything we do. To trust him in his word in everything we do. To live that word in our lives every single day so that God would be glorified. Church, he's watching everything we do. And he has no favorites. He just said so. So he'll smack me or you just the same. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, you kind of like just hit the one kid and the other one's over there. It's like, I'll get to you later if you need it. No. He's like, get out of the way. I got to smack him. Smack. Right? He has no favorites. God loves us the same and he loves us enough that he's calling us into this place where he's like, do you trust me? See, daily living as a believer requires surrender, trust, and obey. I mean, every single day requires this, church. So, you know, um, everybody, like, at some point I've heard this from a lot of people, and you've probably heard it too. Yeah, but you don't, you don't know what it's like where I am. You don't know what it's like to be married to this person. You don't know what it's like to work in this arena. You don't know what it's like. So we have that, like, we're up here with our excuses again. It's like, well, that sounds good for you, but you have no idea. I don't have any idea, but God does. God does. And he's called you there. And God is doing something there, and he has an answer for us, right? In James chapter 1, verse 12, here's your answer if you don't like where you are and what's going on. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Oh, so I guess what God's saying to us is he has us where we want us if we're serving him. And that if we just endure the moment, that he's going to reward us appropriately. And if that's not until the end, so be it. That's for all of us, church. God's word has the answer. We simply must surrender to it. Trust him in the process and obey what he says. That's all there is to it. So let's read a section of scripture in Ephesians 5. In verse number one, all I'm going to do is read one and one half sentences. And listen to what it says, and the conviction's going to fall. Holy Spirit promised. You ready? Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. How are we doing here, church? See, before we need any more of what that says, it's like, you know, one and a half sentences, we are challenged that we are to imitate God in everything we do. Everything we do. Driving across town, going to the store, working, be with our neighbors, the family, you name it. Imitate God. Be Godlike. Be Godlike in everything you do. Live like Christ. So, church, would God do what you're doing? Would God say what you say? 
What do you talk like you? What do you watch what you watch? Will he share what you share? Anyway, see, the thing is, is when I look at that and I see what God's word says, it's like, you know, imitate God in everything. So there's no like hidden places. There's no secret closets. There's no secret life. There's no secret agenda. It's like everything I do, whether there's anyone around me or not, I'm to be godlike. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Man. Church, when we're reading through this, it's like, whoa, God. <laughs> whoa, God. You know, like somebody's, I, it's going to happen today. Somebody's going to like tell you something they shouldn't tell you. Right? I mean, some kind of off-color joke. They're going to send you something on social media. You know, and, and then, like, why would you share that with someone else when God's word says don't do it? There's things that may make us laugh because they are funny in the context of what they are, but they're not right. And God's word says don't do this. Godly people don't do this. We don't go there. Why? Because we're representing God and he has transformed us and therefore the light of God is there and we're doing things that would please God. Not people, not self, God. So just think about this. When you forward something, it's going to God too. Yeah, when you say it, you're not just saying it to that person, you're saying it to God. When you're watching what you're watching, God's sitting there with you. Oh, it does kind of change things, right? You know, somehow we have this idea that we think that we can hide certain aspects of who we are and what we do and what we say or this. It doesn't matter where you are. God is. And if you're a child of God, he's saying like, hey, you're supposed to represent me and imitate me. The reason the church is like falling apart in America because the church isn't imitating God. We're imitating culture. We just have a different language. We talk about God. We say things about him. But we've got to live like he's asked us to live. And when the church begins to live like God's asked us to live and do what God's asked us to do, God will move. We're asking God to move, right? He's like, I'm trying to move, and I'm trying to move you. (laughs) And when you move and you get to that place, then God can finally do God's stuff. 
wow, man, Lord, we need you. There's a lot to process in these verses, isn't there? I mean, when you look at what God's saying to us, we need to pause and allow the Holy Spirit to work with us in hearing the challenge that has been presented by God through his word. Listen, church, what it says right there in that last verse that I read to you, in verse 10, it said, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully. We're so nonchalant and, I mean, I'm just... You already know I'm like a doer, so I'm going to go do something. And it's like, you know, they just slow down. Is that going to be pleasing the Lord? Instead of like going and doing it and like, how'd you like that? Was that awesome or what? You're welcome. (laughs) Hey, before I step over there, I should probably like, hey, is this where you want me to step? Is this what you want me to do? Yeah, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. So we're on our action steps. You're welcome. (laughs) That means we're at the end in case you're new. Uh, What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now that needs to change in your life? What is it, church? Would you stand with me? I'm asking you to stand because it's easier to get to the altar. What's the Holy Spirit been talking to you about that you have been making excuses about? But you need to surrender, trust, and obey God right here, right now about that very thing. See, I know God's talking to you. I don't care who you are. I don't even know if I know you. I already know God's talking to you. And God is talking to you about something that he's asking you to surrender to him, to trust him in it, and then step in obedience by faith into what he's saying to you. We need to do that today. There's no reason to go on. This isn't a negotiation. He's not going to come around to see it your way. He's God, and he knows the way. We have to surrender to him. So what is the Holy Spirit asking you to do or not do differently in your life? The last question I ask you today is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, your life is a mess that it is because you're not following the God who created you. Say yes to him today. He loves you. Friends, the altar's open. (laughs) We ask you to come to the altar today as a surrender moment for you not for us not about me it's about what God's saying to you if the Lord is speaking to you right now about anything in your heart life that you need to come and talk to him about would you please come forward right now just yes Lord that's all it is Father we just wait before you we want to process everything that you are saying to us your word says that we are to imitate God in everything we do And therefore, Lord, the things that are not, we need to repent of today and say yes to you. Holy Spirit, move among us. Challenge us, Lord. Awaken us. Stir our hearts, God, today. Even in this moment, God. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord, through your word. Thank you to ask you to take us and use us for your glory. As we step out of this arena and into the world's arena, we want to represent you in every way, God. We love you, we praise you, we thank you for this opportunity to serve you and worship you together in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Church, we are at the end of our service. I'm going to tell you I don't want anybody leaving until your heart is clear with God. If you're good, then God bless you. Get out there and let's make a difference for the kingdom. If you're not, there's still time. Please come forward. God bless you. Thanks for being here.